Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess. Screw. Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, let's get started here. We're inside the garage at Bottle Works today on this Bud Light Blue Friday. We're going to look for you over here, too, because I didn't tell you this earlier this week. We have not one, not two, not three, but four pair, according to Olivia, Tickets to give away for tomorrow and that win and you're in the postseason between the Texans and the Colts prime time affair. So if you're just now hearing my voice on that, yeah, four pair to give away. So we would love to see you over here. Now, if you've never been before, let me give you a bit of an explanation on the garage here at Bottleworks. The garage is just a collection of really cool eating and drinking establishments right here. It is awesome, and there is so much to choose from. I promise that you will love it. We'll have, obviously, the ice-cold Bud Light for you. I already have one. If you're watching uh, inside the AAA Membership Lounge right now via YouTube Live, you can see the Bud Light is already flowing here, and uh, we're just looking for you to give away some tickets. Also, remember... I am bailing to the Colts pregame huddle. Check that. I am bailing. Colts pregame huddle is tomorrow. Uh, I am bailing to Colts happy hour at 5.30 today because the Hawks and the Pacers play this evening at Gambridge Fieldhouse. There is so much going on. It's almost hard to keep up with. But again, you love it because there is so much going on and there is so much worthwhile entertainment. And I want this to be the start, the precursor of that. And then I want to see you at the game coming up tomorrow night as well. So thank you to our friends at Zinc and Bud Light for providing the tickets. Tony Donahue of Fans Place will join us to discuss that a little bit later on as well. So we got that happening here inside the garage at Bottle Works. And you'll see when you pull in, there's a bunch of construction. This is like a phase two or three or something like that. This place is going to be Incredible. I did not know this until they were telling me when I got here that, and I'm sure that Ryan Hickey, DJ Helicon, can explain that to me a little bit later on, that the, the people that own this place, that ownership, are the ones that just purchased Circle Center downtown. So there is a lot happening 
DJ Helicon can explain that coming up a little bit later on for us. Again, inside the garage here at Bottleworks on a Bud Light Blue Friday, the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live is up and running. I want to get your thoughts. Go ahead and get in there. Listen. Uh, you can participate. Thoughts on the game, thoughts on the weekend in general. we got a lot of ground to cover and not a lot of time to do it. I also, before we fully get engulfed into this Texans-Colts conversation and obviously the NBA and get the Boilermakers and Illinois, a top 10 matchup up in West Lafayette tonight. Got Butler at Hinkle versus defending champ UConn in the Big East this evening. Again, that's at Hinkle. we got all this to get to. But tomorrow, I'm going to try to continue to tell you this so it's not confusing whatsoever. Tomorrow, I start at 4.30. Tomorrow, I start the ride to kick off at 4.30. That will be just right here on The Fan. That's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Now, at 5.30, when I head up to Touchdown Town, the Goreman, Joe Wrights, and Bill Brooks will join me up there. Dev, who's my engineer right here, will be engineering that affair too. And then we will add Hank FM. That's 97.1 Hank FM with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. So that will be at 5.30. So then at 6.30, here's where it gets interesting. Because you get the Pacers in a back-to-back against the Celtics tomorrow night. That pregame coverage with Mark Boyle begins at 6.30. So if you're listening to the fan or if you want to hear the Pacers and Mark and Eddie and Pat Boylan tomorrow night, that's 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Whereas at 6.30 tomorrow evening, 97.1 Hank FM is where you catch the second hour of the Colts pregame huddle. And then Matt and Rick and Lara and Casey and countdown to kickoff. And then obviously the game after that. So I'll remind you of it. It's not really, I know it sounds like a lot, but really in terms of what you have to do, it's not very much at all. We just want to keep you updated on what is going on and how you hear and can be a part of what is going to be an absolute electric weekend coming up sports-wise here in downtown Indy. This is exactly the type of situation why I've been doing this for 19 years by myself and why I wanted to do this prior to. It's for weekends like this. It's for games, like must-win situations. I talk about it to the point where you joke about me all the time, but I'm completely serious. And this is finally one where there's no discussion. And recent history would show the year before last that the Colts were in a similar situation and actually had two opportunities to cash it in, once against the Raiders at home and another on the road against Jacksonville and blew them both, if you remember how that ended. You do not want that ending to the 2023 season this season. Again, I completely understand if you're surprised and you're enthused because the Colts are in the situation in which they are in. But I will add to this, that's not enough. Don't make that enough. These guys should be plenty good enough to take care of a home situation at home. I'm not trying to get – I'm not trying to at all tell you that Houston's not good or C.J. Stroud's not good. You know, even if he's not a digger, in fact – of those uh, that, like us, love Indianapolis. If you heard the dig that he had on Indianapolis in a video, and I don't even know where it was from, evidently he doesn't dig Indy. Um, we called it soft or something like that, but th- that, that part doesn't matter to me. 
That part doesn't matter to me at all. What matters is what you're going to see from this team against him. And he has been a fantastic quarterback in his rookie year. I have been so impressed. And if you remember, I was out front of this after he played that final collegiate game against Georgia for Ohio State. I said right then and there, this is going to be your guy. And then when you added on top of that, going back to the combine, I suggested when he told everybody that he's a ball placement specialist because we had seen so many different times where we'd watched quarterbacks around here not be the ball placement specialist. And you really wanted to work off of that. I love that. I love that comment. And he has not just been all of what has been expected around the NFL and down in Houston. He has been even more than that. It has been impressive. Now, granted, Colts beat Houston back in week number three in September. That was so long ago, and the dynamic is so changed from what we have seen Houston be and accomplish to what Houston has lost in terms of personnel, and the same goes for the Colts. I mean, hell, when they beat Houston back in week number three, it was Anthony Richardson that got them off to the start. Scored that touchdown, went out with the concussion, didn't see him again, and then Gardner Minshew had the ability to close that thing out. That was a game in which Jonathan Taylor didn't play. Jonathan Taylor, in fact, in his history of the NFL for the Colts, is 5-0 and against the Texans. But again, he did not participate in that Week 3 win down in Houston by the Colts. That was 88 yards courtesy of Zach Moss. And that's when everybody got excited about Zach Moss. That was the game when everybody was saying, yeah, you don't really need Jonathan Taylor. We got this. Well, in fact, you do. In fact, you do. There are two things about this team that we're going to find out, in my belief, coming up tomorrow. Actually, three things if you want to add the offensive line. And I have mentioned this all week long. There are not a lot of givens with this Colts group. They're a, a good team. They can be sometimes better than good, a little bit better than good. They can sometimes be much less than good. But they are a middling team that have taken full advantage, as they should, of the schedule. They have been up and down. That has been this team this season. But they have taken full advantage of the schedule. Now, there are some absolutes here. And one should start with the offensive line. Right then and right there. Another absolute should be Jonathan Taylor. That's the reason why you extend him. That's the reason why you believe in him. That's the reason why you want him for these situations. And the same can be said about Matt Gay. You bring him in, you give him the highest contract for a place kicker in history, you bring him in for such situations. When you know that it could come down to a hit or a miss kick at the end of a game, in, the, in a game of the magnitude like this, this is exactly why you do that. So those three things should be absolutes. Will that be enough? Come back to that coming up in just a second. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline on this Bud Light Blue Friday inside the garage at Bottle Works, we have missed him the past couple of Mondays because of the holidays. First off, happy holidays to our good friend Stephen Holder of ESPN and ESPN.com. I know we don't have you very long here, but I did want to get your input on this. Welcome back to the show. It's been too damn long. Yeah, it has been. Um, I feel like I'm at home. This is good. I said three absolutes, and I would also add the defensive front as an absolute. There's not a lot of absolute, as you well know, with this Colts team, but those are three absolutes. I think they can lean on and be good enough to beat Houston and punch their ticket to the postseason. How about you? Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, let's 
keep a little perspective here. And, and the perspective that I would add is this. Uh, Houston is also a team uh, that is imperfect and, and has had some, some breaks with the schedule as well. So I, I think the Colts are not alone in that respect. It doesn't make anything you said untrue. I'm just saying I think that there's, there's actually you know, some important context there that, that kind of gives us a fuller picture. I, I think that's kind of what the NFL is. You have, you have certain opportunities on your schedule. You have uh, certain matchups, for example, that are advantageous to you. And it really boils down to who can take advantage of those, those opportunities when they come your way. The Colts have done that. And I, I think you have to give them all the credit in the world. Uh, there have been a lot of teams this year that have not taken full advantage of our opportunities, you know, and I look at the NFC. There's a whole lot of mediocre talent over there. And still you have teams like, you know, look at the NFC South. Those teams are just kind of dragging themselves to the finish line. Um, so, you know, look, I mean, I think even though the Colts have gotten some breaks, uh, they've, they've done uh, what they were able to do and maximized their opportunities. And that's, that's what this league is about, frankly. And, uh, and this is what they have in front of them. And, and frankly, we have seen more times than not in recent history, this team, different personnel, a lot of times, uh, some different leadership involved, some, some the same, but we have seen this team fail in a capacity as we're going to witness tomorrow night too. Yeah. I mean, let's just put it out there. I mean, Shane Steichen, we can't give him enough credit. We just can't. I mean, he is the single biggest, I think, driving force behind all of this. And I'm not the first person to write about it, but I mean, I have a story coming out tomorrow that kind of summarizes it. I, I do think you'll learn a few things about how he runs the building from that story. Uh, Things like, you know, what his expectations are specifically of these guys. And when you talk to the players now, they they kind of don't mind it. Like he's demanding and he asks a lot of them. But at the end of the day, if if it leads to success, guys are okay with it. They don't want somebody who's a dictator and and kind of, you know, treats them like children. That, that's not what they want necessarily. And I don't think that's what's happening here. But they do want someone to kind of – it's okay to get a kick in the rear if if it leads to good results, and it is. So and under that – outcome you know players tend to not mind so it's been a good thing all around and he's been a good fit you know I I go back to you know the 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 previous regime I guess it's not a regime change because Chris Ballard's still here but you know Frank Reich was fired I think about 2018 and and how how refreshing his new voice was for players they kept saying you know like they started one in five and and his motivational tactics really worked you know, and then we got to like three or four years later and they didn't work anymore, right? And I don't know if that'll be the case with Shane Steichen. It could absolutely be, okay? I have no idea what's going to happen in the long term here. So I, it's given me, I think, some important context to think about. I, I just think what the lesson here, though, is this. I don't know what's going to happen three or four years from now if this message will still resonate, but it does, I think, solidify the reality that you do need a change in message sometimes, and it can help at least, you know, uh, that's why very few coaches last very long because their message at some point runs its course 
and then the results don't come, and they move on. Teams move on. So that's where the Colts were, and they have the right messenger for right now, and it's working. So Stephen Holder's got that story coming out at ESPN.com regarding the season and going into this final game of the regular season and the magnitude of that from Shane Steichen and the Colts. That's at ESPN.com. Stephen Holder's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So if you were to evaluate both injury reports going into this Friday afternoon, what looks good, what doesn't look good? And I, I guess, are we feeling better about Ryan Kelly going into tomorrow evening, or are you a little bit skeptical about it? No, I mean, you know, you have to at least open the possibility that that he's going to have a hard time getting out there. But I I feel like he will play. And a little bit, a little bit of that is, is just my gut. Um, he was still wearing the walking boot yesterday. But, but I think sometimes we overreact to that. That is really so that, you know, he just kind of – takes the weight off of it. And that's really the, the purpose of those things, you know, so that it doesn't get worse. I don't think it means he can't walk without it or anything. Um, you know, you're just trying to, to take the weight off of it. You know, he's a, this is a 300 pound guy, you know, who's put, who's, who's putting a lot of weight on that ankle or put whatever it is. And so anyway, I don't read too much into it because he's wearing the boot yesterday. Um, I, I do think he'll play, though. I mean, it, it's it's meant a lot to Ryan to be able to to come back from that last concussion, you know, because he has missed some time over the years, and I know he's he's definitely like you know sort of aware of that. It's important to him to be available. I think he's going to push through this thing and, and try to get out there. But you have to leave open the possibility that he either won't be a hundred percent or won't be able to go. I mean, we'll, we'll see. It, it could be a game time decision as well. But no, defensive. Your ultimate yep. question, though, overall. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I, I think the the Texans, the loss of of Jonathan Green, Greenard in this game, uh, that's big. I think he's their sack leader. I believe he has twelve and a half sacks, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's a big loss because that's one thing this team does well. Their defense, by the way, is underrated. Houston's uh, their defense is very underrated. They make the game messy. They they rush your quarterback. Uh, they are really good against the run. So big test for the Colts there. But he's a big loss. He's a big loss. Uh, as I said, 12 and a half sacks this year. Stephen Holder of ESPN, ESPN.com is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pilot. Again, the right to kick off with me begins at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon for the Bullseye Event Center with BullseyeEventGroup.com. You can get your passes right now at BullseyeEventGroup.com for that pregame party. I, I look at it this way, too. This offensive line here recently – we were on cloud nine watching them play in that second half against the Steelers and then, you know, went straight to the cellar with how they played on Christmas Eve down in Atlanta. Felt a little bit better about this group, I think, against the Raiders last week. So with this roller coaster ride that I've discussed so many times with you, what's your feel with this offensive line, which I think is at the top of the list of things that have to go right for them tomorrow night? What are your thoughts on them going into this matchup with the Texans? I, I like the offensive line, um, particularly with, with Braden Smith back out there. I, I, can't, I can't emphasize enough what a difference he made last uh, Sunday afternoon. You know, to see Max Crosby, I thought, have a pretty quiet day, honestly, and, and really expecting him you know, to be a guy who could potentially wreck the game. And he was not able to do that. And, and Braden Smith was the guy who really limited him. You know, Max Crosby is a guy who 
who lines up quite often on the defense's left side. And so he gets matched up with the, the offense's right tackle quite a bit. And I think he had maybe one tackle for loss, if I recall. I remember a big run stuff. And he got after the quarterback a couple times, a couple quarterback hits. But that's basically a, a typical quarter of work for, for Max Crosby, you know. Uh, over the course of the day, he did not impact that game, I thought, in, in a very major way. So, Braden Smith, and I would, that, I would add this to Braden Smith. I mean, that brother fought through that game, okay? I don't know exactly the particulars of what he was dealing with with that knee injury, but I saw a man after that game in the locker room. I, I told this to the afternoon show the other day. I'll share it here. I saw a guy at his locker who basically was like, I got to find some way to get my butt into that shower because I can't move right now. You know what I mean? Like physically yeah. he had nothing left and he, he was walking like an old man after that game. So he, <laughs> you talk about a guy who willed himself into the lineup. I think he felt the pressure to play. Frankly, I'm not saying they pressured him, the Colts, but I just think that's just the type of guy he is. And he knew what he meant to the team and he knew the stakes. So I give him a lot of credit because uh, like I said, you know, whether he makes $18 million a year or not is not the issue. The, the, the issue is he didn't have a lot to give physically, but he gave everything he had. And, uh, and, and he had a lot of success in the process. Hey, Steven, on the other side of things too, defensively speaking, we know how Gus Bradley feels about not wanting to, to bring the pressure because he doesn't feel comfortable what they have yeah in protection on the back end, which would put a priority on getting after the quarterback with what they have up front. And frankly, I do believe they should be able to do that. But even if they are, how confident are you that they're going to be able to hold up in that secondary tomorrow? Uh, look, they've taken their lumps in just about every game. So I don't think it'll be any different in this one. <laughs> the, the question just becomes, you know, can they survive the roller coaster? I mean, that's, that's where they are. I don't think we have to pretend differently at this point. And they're going to give up some plays in that secondary. And, and I think we, we are seeing here as well uh, the, the impact of the loss of Julian Blackman too. You know, because, I mean, he's, he's responsible in many cases for, for tight ends and, and a lot of the things that happen in, in the middle of the field. He's also a guy who, who is, I think, uh, one of the drivers of the, the communication out there. And that has been problematic. Uh, the fact that they had to put Ronnie Harrison in the game at safety last week, a, a guy who they turned into a linebacker this year and then got to week 17 and said, oh, boy, you know what? You got to go play safety. I mean, <laughs> that's a very dramatic, a very uh, desperate kind of move, man. So I, I just think that tells you the degree to which they have personnel issues in their secondary right now. We can't overstate it. We can't sugarcoat it. It is what it is. They got to go play. But the bright side, as you already mentioned, I, I do think the, the pass rush has, and this is surprising this year because we would not have predicted this. The pass rush has been a major bright spot for this team. And they have produced this, this sack total with largely the same group they had last year. Now you swapping, you're, you're swapping, um, one defensive end for the next, you know, with Ebucom coming in and Gakwe going out. But, I mean, I don't think we saw that as a 
huge upgrade. I think we saw that as, you know, just a preference one player over the other. Although Ebicom has been very uh, effective and very productive. What I'm saying is, I, this is not a defense of, of Gus Bradley. All I'm saying is they have managed to get a lot out of a lot of the returners on that defensive line. However, they've done it. They, they really have managed to get more out of that group. All right, before I let you go here, I know you get a bail. What's your feel tomorrow evening? Mm. It's so hard. I, I, I'm leaning ever, ever, ever so slightly to the Colts. And it's, it's really a, a matter of the home crowd. I think it matters. And, you know, just frankly, the, the two breakdowns they've had lately – Cincinnati and Atlanta, we're on the road, you know, and, and I'm not saying this team hasn't had like this great home record either, but when you need some juice, it does help to be at home. So I, I think I put a lot of stock in that. I just think in a big game, a big emotional game, playing at home is going to give you some juice. And I, I don't know. It, it may not matter ultimately. I don't know, but I just think these are really evenly matched teams and we're just going to have to see. The one thing I'd say is that uh, the the Houston receivers, at least, uh, right now, I mean, that's not a big strength because they have had a couple key injuries there. That is, that's an area where, where they have, you know, some personnel issues too. So maybe that in the Colts secondary, I'm not saying it's a wash, but at least you have one area of concern for the Texans going up against an area of concern for the Colts. So we'll see how that works out. All right. Hey, thanks for hopping on here today. I appreciate yeah. that. And we'll uh, we'll catch you again on Monday to see the outcome. I, I, I have lived through recently like a lot more losing than winning, and I really don't <laughs> want to be on the negatory coming up on Monday. So I, I, I wish the Colts would get it done from that standpoint alone. But I, I'm kind of with you. I'm on the edge of it. I believe – the Colts can get it by virtue of a Matt Gay field goal late, but uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be Nick, nip and tuck, I think, the entire way, to say the least. But we'll get you again coming up on Monday, too, Stephen. Thank you. All right. I just want a good game. Go out there, you know, give it a good go, and, uh, and then let's go from there. I want another pregame show, too, so I want that. There's, there's some things I want. I'm a little selfish in that category. I want, there's some things that I want out of this, too. So want another Bud gotcha. Light Blue Friday like this one. So, all right, I'll catch you in the press box tomorrow night, too, okay? All right, brother. See you. Okay. Stephen Holder has got the uh, latest ESPN.com on Shane Steichen and this season and where they are right now. I, true story, that's exactly how I feel. And I've said that all week long. And this is not some rah-rah cheerleading episode of this show that I'm trying to give to you. It is something that you guys have been through the wash as far as this team is concerned. And I've said all along, I don't care when it is. I don't care who it is. It is time for them to start giving back to you. Giving back to you for hanging with them, being a part of them through that circus of a year ago. And they can do a hell of a lot with that in mind coming up tomorrow night. That's my expectation. Quick break. We shall return. Bob Lovell, bottom of the hour. We've got Mike Wells of ESPN Radio in the 4 o'clock hour. I think Hague is going to show up over here a little bit later on, too. And Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, coming up uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Hey, Bud Light Blue Friday finds us inside the garage at Bottleworks. 
the Cuban Espresso behind me right here, I'm going to be up until like Sunday afternoon because of that. That's awesome right there. That's just one of the many places where you can eat and drink here and you can enjoy ice cold Bud Light. We got four pair of Texans Colts tickets to give away. And again, a rundown on how you can catch everything coming up tomorrow, including the Pacers and the Celtics. We'll go over that coming up too. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, and me and you inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. The stream, the app, HD Radio, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We call this a must-win Friday. The Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Lionel Richie, everybody. Welcome back to the show. JMV Takeover, by the way, tonight. I'm going to try to get down there as quickly as possible when I'm done here. So I'm assuming around 7, maybe before 7 tonight. We move it from Saturday until Friday because of the game tomorrow night. JMV Takeover tonight. The All Request Party begins sometime around 7. Hell, I'll let you know whenever I get in there. We'll fire it up. And uh, who knows, midnight after coming up on the JMV Takeover, that's B105.7 later on tonight. Inside the garage here, we're at Bottle Works, Bud Light Blue Friday, four pair of Texans Colts tickets to give away. So this is absolute a must-attend for you. Also, yesterday, a shout-out to Brian and the great folks at Crafters. Crafters up in Carmel was outstanding for our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. We will do that again. I saw so many of you. In fact, inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, I saw Joe to the Sea was hanging out with us a little bit yesterday as well. So thank you guys for coming out. It was fantastic. We would love to see you here inside the garage at Bottle Works for a Bud Light Blue Friday today. And uh, Palavana Cubano behind me right here has got me going with this espresso coffee. Um, I'll be up until Sunday afternoon. So I'll be plenty good enough for you tonight and tomorrow and probably crash sometime on Sunday. But it is authentic Cubano sandwiches and more right behind me. Pavana Cubano inside the garage here on our Bud Light Blue Friday. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk is going to be busy coming up tonight and tomorrow night. He joins us right now. Kind of an interesting Friday night, is it not, Bob, considering you've got a top 10 matchup in West Lafayette with Purdue and Illinois, and then Butler with the defending national champions in the Big East and Hinkle Fieldhouse and UConn. Uh, that it, it kind of surrounds the college basketball world kind of surrounds Indiana and central and, you know, North central, if you will, Indiana later on tonight. Well, it's great. Uh, there's no question. Uh, but you know, my, you know, my feelings about Friday nights. Uh, yes, it's, uh, be it belongs, it belongs to the high school. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but it's wonderful. I'm happy for the boilers, happy for the dogs, and college basketball fans and everyone else. But, um, just uh, it's, it's. I know it's only seven days a week. I understand it all, but how about it? Let the high schools have Fridays, but uh, this falls on deaf ears. So should be a lot of fun. Pacers are on the road, so there's a lot going on. So, you know, it's that first full weekend back from the uh, holidays, and so sure, yeah. there's a lot of basketball being played. So Bob Lovell is going to have you covered on that via Indiana Sports Talk tonight. 
and tomorrow night as well. Um, I thought in, in talking about college basketball, you got IU and Ohio State coming up tomorrow night. In fact, they'll be playing at the same time as the Texans and the Colts and the Pacers and the Celtics. So there's going to be everything going on coming up tomorrow evening. But we'll go there in a second. I thought Purdue in that matchup in Maryland earlier this week was about as workmanlike, about as professional as you can get from a team. Maryland's nothing special, but they've been tough at home. They had a win streak at home. And it's one of those games where if you're the number one in the country, you're always going to have that target on your back. But it was a game that I felt from top to bottom, start to finish, the Boilermakers handled in a very workman type of fashion. That's a good point, John. That's exactly what they did. And I think uh, it's a product of having a veteran, experienced ball club who uh, didn't go as far as they wanted to a year ago. We're disappointed. They understand uh, what they have to do sing, uh, individually and collectively to avoid those kinds of things happening. And they've had a pretty uh, uh, workmanlike approach to the entire year. And so that, I think, was just one of those games where they, they showed how mature they are, how good they are, and how they understand the task at hand. Meantime, IU and Nebraska was, well, unfortunately, what you've come, I think, to expect oftentimes from start to finish, it never felt at a moment they were in that game on the road in Nebraska. I know that they have a lot to learn, and I know that a lot of IU people want to make a myriad of excuses, but to consistently look that bad over 40 minutes of basketball on the road anywhere um, I, I found that a great deal concerning with this group in mind, young or not. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, you know, young or not, you can play hard. Uh, young or not, you can uh, defend or at least uh, put an effort toward defending people. Getting on the glass, they, they continue to struggle offensively. There's, um, there's just no, no rhythm, no fluidity to what they're trying to do offensively. Uh, they don't shoot it particularly well from behind the arc. They don't defend particularly well behind the arc. So, I mean, it's a team that has uh, some deficiencies on both sides of the ball, quite frankly. And um, they're, they're in the wrong league to have these kinds of problems because you don't get an easy night. You know, Nebraska is not Nebraska of last year. Nebraska is a better basketball team and uh, literally outplayed the Hoosiers, as you point out, from start to finish. Hey, as a coach – were you ever thrown out of a game, ejected from a yeah. game? Oh, yeah. How many times? Yeah. Um, well, uh, <laughs> 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 to, be, to be honest, uh, more than I can recall, and I know how bad that sounds, and I, I'm certainly not proud of my <laughs> behavior, but, um, yeah, I got, I got probably tossed for at least a half a dozen. Because Thad Mata got tossed the other night. He sometimes did. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, John. I'm just, I'm just yeah, he, sometimes it happens. Well, I was going to ask you this. Oh, thank you, brother. It just felt more like it was, man, my team needs something, not just right? here, but right? for the future. It was almost like, yeah, I'm going to take this one for the team. I'm mad, but I'm more mad at the way we came out here against St. John's and played throughout and especially ending than anything else. And it, it, was that that the quality you had in these ejections of the past or was a myriad of differences here? Oh, I, it, might, it was a lot of different things. It might have been the creative <laughs> way I would string together um, 
uh, obscene words um, yeah. to an official uh, and, and question his manhood, uh, question his lineage, uh, those kinds of things. Um, I get pretty creative, quite frankly. And uh, again, I'm not I'm not proud of that behavior. There were games where where it was frustration at at, at my players. And, Frustration at officials and myself and all of that boil over. And, and to be honest, there were times when I, um, when I actually did it to try to get my team, try to get some kind of spark in the building, get the crowd involved, get my players involved. It worked a couple of times. Uh, I'm not, I'm not proud of the fact that 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 we did that and we got a win because of it. But you know, some it did work and sometimes. But again. Um, I was a uh, I was a poster child for bad behavior on the sidelines, no question. Bob <laughs> level of Indiana sports talk is with us now. As far as basketball is concerned, both the girls and the boys. We'll close uh-huh. on this. Now is the time where you're going to get into the meat of the season, the meat of the schedule. All these holiday tournaments, oh, yeah. for the most yeah. part, are, are over, concluded. Probably your conference tournaments, for the most part, are etched in stone now. Um, as far as being in this position during a season, you have to kind of reach out at times, whether you're playing well or not, and reestablish your position with this team. Or let's say, for example, if you're playing well, do you just keep going, doing what you're doing, or do you always kind of think about, all right, if this is things, if this thing goes haywire, you know, this is how I should handle this. What What are your thoughts in a long season like this? Once you get at this point in a season like this, well, it's a great point, John, because basketball is an extremely long season. I mean, I NBA every, obviously, but high school and college, it, it's a long. You've been going at it literally since the summer and uh, it's, it's long. If you're playing well, what you're trying to do is make sure that your kids come in pr- to practice every day and don't take a day off. And sometimes you have to yell at them, throw them out of the gym, do whatever you have to do to motivate them because you can't sit back and, and relax and be content with what you've done because you still have a lot of basketball to be played. And I think if your team is still struggling you know, you, you, you're trying to continue to find the pieces, trying to put together different combinations, different different plays, different things to do, maybe a change here or there defensively and all that, but you better figure it out pretty soon. Think about this. The girls' pairing show, just to give you a perspective on where we are, comes up on the 21st of this month. Just, just to let, <laughs> That's where we are, okay? Crazy. And so, you know, on the boys' side, obviously you have, a, you know, some extra time there, but – uh, you already probably have an idea of who your top 10 are, who your top eight, what your rotations are and what you're doing. And, and now you're just looking to see your team get better uh, every day in practice. It's again, every game they play knowing full well that you'll have stumbles, but you want to be trying to put, you're trying to get everything going in the right direction. Now in terms of the trajectory, what your team's about, it's not easy. There's no, uh, no magic formula for it. Um, but it's um, yeah, it, you're getting it's getting into it now, and it's an ex- incredibly long season. This coming week, well, you have county attorneys this week, next week you have those kinds of things. If you set your schedule up correctly, you're going to have some rivalry games later on that they're going to test you and find out where you are. And so you always look at it from the standpoint that everything we do, we're trying to learn from and get better, and, and keep that in mind and see how it takes you. 
Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night, Network Indiana affiliated stations across this great state will keep you updated on all that is going on, and there is a ton. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Bob, I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. I hope you don't think less of me because I got thrown out of a game or two, John. No, I, I, I don't. I don't. I just I like the fact that you just string together a lot of cuss words. I like that a lot. Uh, you know, it's bad enough that I'd get home from the game and my wife would say, you know what, uh, it's bad enough that you said certain words, but you put them together in such a way that yes. everybody in the building heard you. And she goes, you know, that's just not good for you. But My brother, it's poetry. It is absolute poetry from Bob Lovell right there. I don't know. Always a pleasure, true, man. Yeah, thanks, brother. Have fun. You got it. Bob Lovell right there with us. Hey, uh, DJ Helicon, Ryan is here. I, I got to take a break, but I didn't want to ask you this. You're, are you the overseer of the garage here at Bottle Works? No, we have a, a general manager. Her name's Carol, and she oversees that. But I oversee all the entertainment and events and okay. everything for the whole district. I got you. Well, because yeah. you're going to be watching the game here tomorrow night, oh, too, yeah, right absolutely. on? All right, man, stick around. We'll talk yep. about that on a Bud yep. Light Blue Friday. We've got four pair of tickets to tomorrow night's game to give away. My man Big Glenn is over there getting ready for the Hawks and the Pacers tonight. We got tons of places to eat, a lot to drink, including ice cold Bud Light right here inside the garage. Bottle Works, Bud Light Blue Friday. We would love to see you out here. Ryan will join us next. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio after four. Don Fisher still to come. Don't go anywhere. It's a must-win Friday for this weekend with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Remember, mum is the word. Certainly, but I'm... Mum. 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 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Colin Hay and Minute Work from Business as Usual, part of the JMV Takeover later on tonight. This would be what song, DJ Helicon? Land Down Under. You come from a land down under. Man, remember how hot Australia was? Oh, yeah. Back during that era. I mean, you got the battery dude on the shoulder. Uh, You got all the Mad Max, Mad Max, Road Warrior, and then that kind of transitioned into... uh, uh, Crocodile Dundee. Yep. And of course, you had all those bands popping from Australia. Excess. Yeah. Oh, in excess is one of my all time favorites. Ryan, that's DJ Helicon with us inside the garage. We're at Bottle Works, Bud Light Blue Friday. Tony Donahue just pointed out he's, he's with us from Fans Place that uh, one of the uh, Mad Ants, you probably remember him, Elfrick Payton was just in here walking by. And he is probably most remembered and noted around here. The late, great Slick Leonard once questioned why one of the Orlando Magic were on the floor wearing a hat. And in fact, it was his hairstyle. (laughs) It's one of the better slicks of all time. Does he have a hat on? And then Mark, Mark Boyle responded, I don't think you're allowed to wear hats out there, Slick. (laughs) That's Elfric Payton, who just walked by the show here on a Bud Light Blue Friday. And uh, we're here at the garage inside Bottle Works. Four pair of tickets, including those 
with fans placed here to tomorrow night's game. Mike Wells after four, a little bit more on the expectation for tomorrow night. Stephen Holder at the top from ESPN. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I mentioned Ryan is here. DJ Helicon, who is the overseer of entertainment here at Bottleworks. But you guys are going to be having the game on here tomorrow night as well. Going to be having a lot of games on, I would imagine, considering what's happening around here. Yeah, you know, all eyes are on the NFL schedule this weekend. Obviously, uh, here locally, we need the Colts to win, and uh, everybody's excited about that. And I can't really talk about it yet, but if they do, we're going to have something pretty exciting down here next weekend should there be an away playoff game. There is a lot of if you do that hinges on this. (laughs) And that's another reason. I mentioned that I'm a little bit selfish on this, but I am. That's another reason because I want there to be that thing to do. I want you to have it. I want us to have it. Because it has just, we, we got so used to it over the Manning era, and absolutely we've lost that feeling. And to get that feeling back, no matter what the expectations were to start the season, no matter what the situation in season right now, to me would be absolutely extra awesome. So there you go. Could not agree more. You know, like you said, in those, uh, those Manning years, we all took it for granted. It was just like automatic, you know, playoffs. In fact, you know, we're sitting players at the end of the regular season mm. to rest them for the playoffs because we were already in two weeks going into it. Yeah. Now, now we're now we're hanging on and every minute tomorrow night counts. So we're, we're certainly all hoping for a W tomorrow night. Now also DJ Helicon normally is a part of the Bullseye Event Center with bullseyeeventgroup.com. You doing that tomorrow too? I will be there. My I'm man. I'll see you there too. My man. I'll, I'll be, I, I'm staked out right next to him before everything gets started. He knows it's time for him to check the speakers and the microphone Whenever I get ready to bail there. So, right. yes. Yeah, I always keep it quiet until you're done. You know, i got to be respectful of the airways, you know. Man, Kinnett has put, Kinnett has put something together, oh, hadn't he? It is. It's, it's, and it's going to be uh, quite the vibe down there tomorrow night. We know that. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, yeah, and you guys are going to have the games on here as well, yep. all yep. the games, because we got to consider at the Pacers and the Celtics as well as, uh, you know, IU Ohio IU, State coming yeah. up tomorrow. So, yeah, there's no shortage of excitement. Downtown Indy tomorrow night is going to be insane. Yeah, and it, we used to feel that as the norm yep so you get that back right now man you're going one little bit more it's like this coffee here with uh palavana cubano here you were not kidding we're going to be up till sunday see i'm I'm having another one right here i'm not (laughs) i'm not going to go to bed till next wednesday with this (laughs) i feel like this is making me feel like tony montana yep right now in scarface i'm behind my desk right here that's how hopped up it's getting me all right how late you guys open here at bottle works tonight we will be open till 10 o'clock tonight tomorrow night so Tomorrow night, for anyone who's watching the game here, the garage will close probably around halftime, but then people can head over to Pins and things like that to watch the second half. Awesome, buddy. Thanks for having us. Thank you, brother. DJ Helicon, you can check him out, too, if you're going to the Bullseye Event Center with bullseyeeventgroup.com and the Colts VIP tailgate coming up tomorrow. Yeah, and stay tuned if the Colts win for something pretty exciting here next weekend. And uh, I'll let you know. We'll let you know. It'll be a blast. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Thank you. DJ Helicon right there. Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you very much. Inside the garage at Bottle Works. Again, Tomorrow, I start out at 4.30. That's the ride to kick off. I'm on 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Then I head up at 5.30 to touchdown town for the Colts pregame huddle. Me, Joe Wrights, Gorman, and Bill Brooks. 5.30, we're going to be on 93.5, 107.5, the fan, and 97.1, Hank FM. So then at 6.30, here's what happens. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan, they transition to Pacer pregame with Mark Boyle, Pat Boyland, Eddie Gill, and the gang from the field house because obviously you get the Celtics and the Pacers. That's at 6.30. And then exclusively, hour two, 
of the Colts pregame huddle into countdown to kickoff, and then the kickoff of the game after eight can be heard on 97.1 Hank FM. I will keep you updated on all of that. I know it sounds like a lot. It really isn't. I just want to make sure this is going to be easy and seamless for you to find the games or whatever you want to hear, whatever you want to listen to with us coming up tomorrow. What is what a big time day here in Indianapolis sports wise. Quick break. We shall return. Mike Wells of ESPN radio. will go over all of this, including the Pacers five game win streak. They host the Hawks tonight at Cambridge Fieldhouse. That's why we got a bail at five 30 to go to Colts happy hour because of pace of pregame at six 30. That's okay. Bud light blue Friday. Uh, four pair of Texans Colts tickets to give away while we're here. Bottle Works inside the garage on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Here's Johnny! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. No, this sounds like a Mike Wells ESPN radio slow jam. Again, the garage, bottle works, Bud Light Blue Friday. Colts tickets to give away for that game tomorrow. Four pair, in fact. So get here. Bottle works, the garage. Thank you for joining us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. We'll see if our next guest, Mike Wells of ESPN radio, can put this thing together right here. Mike, take it away. Winter. Like Christmas in June, they like heaven. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Alrighty. Every time I close my eyes, I think of I'm about you. <laughs> hey, Mike. You know. I've never been able to get Babyface on this show, and probably because of that, I'll never be able to get Babyface on this show. We may have just set that etched that in stone right there with that. that unfortunately, that, that, that is true. That is true. I mean, can, can we get? Can we? How about we do? Let's get Amp Harris on the on the show. Let's get him um, <laughs> a, a spot for several weeks. Yeah, and then let, let's try to massage our way into getting Babyface well, up to that. Well, I'll put, the, I'll put the bat signal out there because our boss, Dion, and I mean, we, we got now up on five, you know, we've got the resources of 106.7 WTLC, and I'm thinking they probably had Babyface on a number of times. So even with that rendition you just performed of Babyface, maybe I should be reaching out to them. Our guy, Dion, maybe? can get baby face on the show because it's been a long time and I've tried and I've tried, but it's never happened. Listen, I, I think I met Dion who is all, um, who is definitely uh, on the, uh, he has the ability to pull some things off. I think he should go ahead and work some magic. Not only because he has the power, but we got, ba- I mean, baby faces right here from Indianapolis. So 
Let's go ahead and support the local radio station, baby. Let's do this. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. How about that? Exactly what I'm thinking. Right? Yeah, so. let's make it happen. Hey, you got um, is, uh, is, our, is our favorite um, Fox 59 CBS 4 guy with you? He did not show up. He said he was coming, but he didn't show up. So it's up to me to guess exactly what he's doing, and I don't know. Oh, you know, he's got something up his sleeve to get ready for uh, the pregame show tomorrow night or whatever, whatever's going on for what should be a hell of a Saturday night in downtown Indianapolis. Yeah, no doubt. When's the last time when you covered this team, did you feel like there was a weekend like this? Anything come to mind? Man, I mean, it was, I mean, it was two years ago where they were, it was win or go home for the Colts, but I think we had so the writing was on the wall that time was coming up in Jacksonville. So there, there was no excitement, no buzz behind it. Man, I, can't, I cannot think about the last time there's been this much excitement. It's yeah, been, I can't with think the, of it either. I mean, because I mean, early in Andrew Luck's career, they were expected to win. So um, I don't think I don't think any there's very few people who truly truly believe that the Colts will be in this situation when Anthony Richardson went down, when Jonathan Taylor was chilling and uh, on the sideline in his hoodie at, earlier in the season, when uh, Shaq Leonard's production had just had been minimized, so they would be in a winner go home situation with the possibility if dominoes fall away or they could end up winning the AFC South. Who would have who would have thought this six, seven weeks ago? Nah, I listen, I had them winning under six and a half games for the season. So you know, I was wrong and, and granted Mike, we gotta look at this a couple of different ways. Uh, obviously the schedule has played a role. They haven't played a good quarterback, basically going back to an injured Matthew Stafford against the Rams. If you remember, I guess you could factor in Trevor Lawrence, but certainly Matthew Stafford probably is the one you have to go back to. So the schedule has set them up for this situation. And I've just always been of the opinion, you know, if if you're here, you don't apologize for the schedule. You just kind of move forward and roll with it here. And I will look at this tomorrow night as every bit of a disappointment if they lose at home to Houston, given this situation and these circumstances, as if they were the favorite or a favorite going in. Every bit of the disappointment. There's going to be none of me on Monday if they lose that comes out and says, well, you know, it was a nice season. It was a surprise. And it's okay that they lost. It's not okay that they lose. Take advantage of what you can. And this is a situation where here recently they haven't been able to and they've been more disappointing than they have exciting this is a change in territory, and to me, I expect them to cash it in, or I'm going to treat them just like I would if we had expectations, and they were a favorite on Saturday night. If you're a competitor, if you had an ounce of competitive juice in you, you're looking as a loss is a failure on the season because they're in this position to get there. You don't want to look at you don't want to look at it as and say, well, they got to week 18 of the NFL season, and nobody believed they would be here, and they lost. They lost a tough game at home to the best rookie quarterback out in, in this year's draft. So this season is success because they had a winning record. No, you want to look at us, hey, if we're here, let's get to the postseason. Let's keep it going. If this is going to be the final, you know, potentially to be the final home game, home game of the season for the Colts. So no, don't 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 take it as oh yeah, whatever happens, we'll roll with it and we're fine with it. 
No, nah, and that's that's how I've looked at it throughout. But uh, especially coming up tomorrow, and and again, this 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 is going to be not easy whatsoever. These two teams are in a similar situation. You know, they both can you know provide you with with a win in some circumstances, and both can disappoint massively in others. So you you may not find them even, for example, you know, at quarterback or. You know, maybe some certain aspects, individual players, defense, offense, whatever, offensive line, defensive line. But there are a lot of similarities in game in and game out, what you can expect and sometimes what you can be disappointed by. Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, like you, you, you alluded to that the Colts had not found a – You know, when's the last time they played a good quarterback? Like a legit, legit quarterback. I said, I said Matthew Stafford. Now again, uh, Trevor Lawrence. You could say Trevor Lawrence, but uh, I, I said Matthew Stafford going all the way back to the Rams game. So yeah. So basically, this is going to be the best. This potentially, this potentially could be the best quarterback they face. If you if, if you think CJ Stroud is a better quarterback than what, what uh, Trevor Lawrence is, you could call this the best quarterback. Yes, the Houston Texans are have been dealing with injuries at wide receiver, but. They will get tested. You have to hope that if you're in a cold standpoint, that you're able to rattle Stroud enough where he truly looks like a deer in the headlights rookie quarterback. But with that said, Stroud has put up great, great, great numbers um, um, in his rookie season. Yeah, well, he's been really good. And, and I, I looked at him, and I, I made my opinion based upon one game against Georgia. If you remember, and you and I had talked about this a number of times, but I thought he was going to be really good. I just didn't expect him to be this good this quickly. To me, that's been even more impressive. Oh, oh, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, we, we, yeah, you're right. We talked about the notion of, like, all right, can C.J. Stroud, you know, remove the label of Ohio State quarterbacks simply good at Ohio State? And he has silenced that easily. I, I love – what he's done down in Houston because, you know, of how things, you know, the, the disastrous situation with things in there with Deshaun Watson. I, I like that he's coming in and bringing some life. And you got to hope that Will Levis and Trevor Lawrence can, um, <clears throat> can grow and make this a great, great quarterback uh, division, you know, once Anthony Richardson gets healthy and he shows what he can do. So it makes things way, way, way more competitive. With that. I mean, think about it. Stroud is on the brink of throwing for 4,000 yards as a rookie. And he has missed two games this season, and he's almost over 4,000 yards. He's only thrown five picks. So that tells you, hey, this kid knows how to get the job done. Nah, nah, he does. He does, and they have been impressive. Now, it's interesting. You go back to that week three win by the Colts, and you you had Anthony Richardson performing well, and he goes out after he scored that touchdown um, with with that um, concussion situation and Gardner Minshew took over and, and didn't miss, miss much of a beat. They end up winning that game, but there are very few connections or relatables you can make from that game to what you, you see coming up on, on Saturday. And one of those would be, and this is where I expect there to be the biggest difference. And that is with Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to expect a lot out of him tomorrow. I'm going to expect a lot out of that offensive line. And, and granted, They've been up and down. And the offensive line especially has been up and down. They're going to have to be up in a fashion similar to what we saw a couple of weeks back against Pittsburgh. That's just my expectation with this group. And I think the way that they play, the way that they produce, I think that is going to be the variable that you look for between the Colts moving on to the postseason or the Colts sitting at home during the postseason. 
Oh, yeah, w- 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 without a doubt. I mean, listen, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but has Jonathan Taylor had a signature game yet this season? Nah, I mean, it's been that and then injury. You felt he was kind of thought. You felt like he was coming around, and then he had that hand injury and had the thumb surgery. So, yeah, I mean, you couple that with missing the first four weeks of the season and you're waiting. But, Mike, I will tell you this. This is the reason why you put so much stock, both thought, football-wise and financially, into him for situations like this with a team that he has around him, with a backup quarterback and with an offense that is far from explosive, but you want to be able to control it or try to control it offensively and this is why you sign him longer term. This is why you extend him. This is why you have Matt Gay for these situations where, you know, you get stuck, right, but you're still in, in somewhat longer field goal-making territory. You can utilize him. There are a lot of these situations in which in the offseason and during the season, the Colts decided on guys longer term to give that big money to that I think should play a significant role coming up tomorrow, and that's that's the running back, the offensive line, and the place kicker. Yeah, hey, uh, and I'm going a, I'm to a circle, yeah. With, with Taylor, I just looked at his stats. He said to have a 100-yard rushing game. I, mean, I know he missed time at the beginning. He had the hand injury and everything. Best game of the season was last weekend against against the Raiders, where he was four yards shy of, you know, finally getting trouble digits. But, man, you talk about a moment to be able to blow the roof off of Lucas Oil Stadium and say, hey, this is why, this is why I want to get paid. This is why I was upset. This is great because, more importantly, he's keeping C.J. Stroud and that Houston Texans offense on the side. And I know the, the uh, Colts secondary did a pretty good – the Colts defense, you know, played solid last weekend. But you're going from Aiden O'Connell to C.J. Stroud, a gigantic, gigantic difference in quarterback status. So if Taylor can do what he does best and look like vintage Jonathan Taylor, it's a win for the Colts. I'm, hey, we haven't made our predictions yet. I'm going to Colts win by double digits tomorrow. Oh, you're going big, are you? See, I, I, I said a field goal. I kind of I factored in the question that I, I, I put to you as far as my expectation in these three different categories, and I kind of equated that to how I think the game is going to end, and that's with the foot of Matt Gay. So I, I had a 27-24. Why do you think this is going to be a larger margin? I, I, I think they. Find, I think they're going to find. I think C.J. Stroud will, will struggle tomorrow. I think just the atmosphere and the climate of the game. I know he's played in big games, of course, at the college level, but I just think this is the time. And I'm going to say the biggest reason is Shane Sykin. This guy has coached his ass off this season. He has he has shown a lot and proving that this was an incredible hire by Chris Ballard and Jim Mersey, I think he's going to have his team ready to go. And when I say double digits, I don't mean a blowout. That's about 10, 11 points. Yeah, well, I, it would be be nice to have a little bit of wiggle room there. I don't think there's any, any question about that. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, he's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So let me see if I follow this. Colts win, they're in. Jacksonville loses Colts win. If Jacksonville loses on Sunday on the road in Nashville to Tennessee, the Colts are the AFC South champions. What an improbable season to be that again for the first time since 2014. 
And then you would get Cleveland here for a home playoff game, which is completely out of whack with Joe Flacco. Now, if the Colts win and Jacksonville wins, then you await the winner of Buffalo and Miami. If Buffalo wins, it's in Buffalo, I believe, as what, a, a seven, I think. And then if you see Miami win, then they have to go to Kansas City as a wild card. So those, those are the options right there. And I, I'm going to tell you this. It's been a long time, Mike, since there's been good fortune around here, really on anything. If some ray of light of good fortune could shine, the Jacksonville loss, the Colts win, and Cleveland coming here, I think, would be at the top of that list, even with Cleveland getting that win earlier this year. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm not going to discredit what Joe Flacco has done. I mean, that, that's a hell of a story for him to come in and do what he's done as far as throwing the football from a passing standpoint. And Kevin, we talk about Shane Sykin. What Kevin Stefanski has done in Cleveland, I think he, you know, I think he deserves a legit argument for being coach of the year. I mean, you, you lose Nick Chubb for the season. You lose to Sean Watson. And they've been dealing with injuries nonstop. I, I think, you know, Stefanski, what he's done, deserves um, – votes for, for, for Coach Year. But, no, I think that is the most ideal situation. Colts win a division, and then you roll the dice with Joe Flacco. Yeah, it's going to be wild. There's no doubt about that. And, and believe me, and this is getting ahead of ourselves because they still have to win coming up tomorrow. But, you know, Jacksonville going to, to Nashville, even with a team that's out of it and has performed badly late, the, the Mike Rabel effect that could go down in that game. Makes that incredibly entertaining. What a great watch. And, Mike, I mentioned this, too. If you're the Colts, what a great thing. If you were able to win and then you could sit at home on Sunday and watch how everything breaks down as to where you're either going to go or stay at home and who you're going to be matched up with. I mean, what a great feeling that would be for them. A, a great, great feeling for the Colts. Great feeling for the state of Indiana. Tough feeling if you're like, man, I get. I want to go. I, I plan on going to see the Pacers against against Tatum and the Celtics on yeah. um, Saturday, and then I, I would get the Colts and Texans on Sunday. And then, nope. Now you got to decide: Am I going Colts Pacers, or am I going to go check out, um, you know, the biggest game of the season for the for the Indianapolis Colts? That's that, right, what, that's a hell of a position to be in. Away, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us away from that Colts Texas matchup for a moment too. Five consecutive by. The Pacers, and it, it looks like that things certainly are on the up and better since Rick Carlisle made that lineup change. And it looks like everybody has acclimated to it, and one being Obi Toppin going to the bench and coming off the bench. But over the last five especially, and considering the last two wins on the road in Milwaukee and at home on Wednesday night against the Bucks, how do you view the Pacers right now? Hey, listen. I mean, I, I love. I've, I've said it over. I've, I've loved their energy, especially offensively. But just the overall standpoint, Giannis and Dame Lillard and the Milwaukee Bucks need to call them the Indiana Pacers their daddies. That's what they need to do. They need to go out and say, "Hey, daddy, can I do this? Can I do that?" Because the Pacers have simply owned the Bucks this season. And I, I love. I love what I see. But I'm, I'm also saying it cautiously, Jay, because let's be real. We've seen these spurts where they're playing great basketball, and great basketball yeah. is pretty darn good when you consider, you know, back-to-back games of on home and road of beating the Milwaukee Bucks. Kudos to on that. Now they can't go out tonight and lay an egg against the Houston, I'm excuse me, uh, the Atlanta Hawks tonight 
and then play Boston tomorrow, play Boston again on Monday. They can't they can't fall back if that if that makes sense. Uh, uh, what the success they're having now. They, I'm waiting for them to, to get that momentum and avoid those long lulls where they struggle. I mean, of course, you're going to yeah, lose a game yeah. or two or whatnot, but you can't have those losing streaks where you're like, oh, damn, here we go again. No, and you're right about that, too. And, and that's been kind of a key word that I brought up would be expectations. And even with the Colts team that has been so up and down this year and really up and down recently – here this season, I have a level of expectations on how they should perform tomorrow night, again, in those circumstances at home. And as we move along with the Pacers, you're right. You do approach all of this with caution, but at the same time, you do start to build the expectations. And I think it's just like what the players do. I think it's just like what the organization does. I think there's from top to bottom, you build these expectations of how you expect to see them play as exactly how they do with themselves, how they expect to play. So I, that's, that's when we'll be a little bit more hard on them if they were to blow a game. Like, to me, they should be well past losing to teams like Charlotte, Chicago, Portland, so on and so forth, Toronto at home. They should be past that by now, although it still may happen, and you may be right. But to me, that comes with the expectation. You may lose games, but if you're going to lose games, you're going to lose them to the upper echelon of teams in the NBA. They're going to be in the playoff picture, you know, not on a Monday night to the Bulls that have zero expectations and are just kind of flying by the seat of their pants right now. I guess that's why I raised the bar on this team, especially after these past five games. Yeah. No, and I'm, I'm glad you raised the bar because we're, we're, we're past the days of just hoping and saying, hey, this is the time we, we hope the Pacers will turn the corner. Those days are done. This team is too talented to sit here and look at it that way. They're at the, t- they're at the point now where they have to take the step. They have to take the leap. And they, they've shown it. They have shown it that they're capable of doing it. Now do it for an extended period of time. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, again, that's the expectations that are, are being built. And, and ahead of schedule or not, that's just where it is. They get the Hawks later on tonight. Again, 6.30, your coverage begins right here with Mark Boyle and uh, Eddie Gill, Pat Boylan on the pregame show. On 7 o'clock, they're underway. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us. So, Halliburton's season, Halliburton's individual season at this point is comparable, and, and not in terms of what he provides on a stat sheet, but in, in terms of hype NBA-wise, it's comparable to what individuals season so far of the past. What past pacer comes to mind? Damn. You, you got me on this. Anybody? And I, I know what you're, you're thinking about what he adds to the stat sheet and, and how he adds in so many different categories. I'm just talking about individual notoriety here more than anything else. I, I, honestly, I'm going to say when, when Paul George finally took that leap and turned the corner, First time he made the all-star team. Um, I think that was – God, that had to be my final year covering the Pacers, 2012-2013. He truly, truly took that leap and became the face of that franchise and, and was able to – people embrace him. And I, I, I can't – I know people say, well, what about Victor Oladipo? Um, you know, he Victor had that one season, but I think that's when Paul – I just think – what Halliburton is doing is similar to what Paul George did. And, you know, Paul George was home, you know, homegrown 
by being drafted by the Pacers and was able to bring in that type of buzz. But, yeah, you, you had me for a second when you said I, – I, yeah. I did look at stats, and I'm like, what, shoot, 25 points a game, almost 13 right. assists a game? That's, that's unheard of for, for uh, Pacers folks. Yeah, they haven't had, haven't had anybody like that. And no doubt. And, I, and that's kind of how I present it, too. I, I can't remember a time, and again, we're looking at the sample size and especially this season so far, where a single player made everybody better like he does, especially offensively, right? I mean, they still have – they're playing better defensively, a lot of work to be done, but he makes everybody so much better offensively than just him – you know, scoring points and so on and so forth. I can't remember a time when, when somebody did that at that level for his teammates. Great individual players, but somebody that has made everybody else that much better. Certainly, if you can find one, it's been few and far between otherwise. Yeah, listen, you need to tweet uh, John and myself if there's somebody <laughs> that stands if there's somebody that stands out to you, you need to tweet because I can't think of anybody and from um, previous Pacers to be able to do what Halliburton's doing right now. No, it's, um, it is incredible. And, and to me, I always bring this up in terms, Mike, of, of Miles Turner. How much better and how much Miles benefits from Halliburton and how he works with everybody, including 33, how much – to me, we see him doing some things, but I question – whether or not he was ever going to be able to do. I didn't question his talent and his need here with his team. I've always been on board with that. But he does do some things now consistently that I really didn't think in the past he was going to be able to do. And I think a lot of that is relatable to what Halliburton brings to the table. Yes, and, and you know, you know, John, you know I love you, bro. But basically that's yet another way you can stick your middle finger up at those anti- Miles Turner folks are saying, look at my look at my guy now. So now you you like yeah, y'all can go ahead and put your head where the sun don't shine because my boy is playing on a more consistent basis. So I, I got you. You don't want to say it? You leave it on Twitter, but I'll say it out loud for you. Leave my man Dan V's boy alone. Hey, I will still get it in a game where he is perceived not to have played, I will still get it. Got to make a trade. Got to get rid of him. And I will still get, if, if you know, he has a good game, he's going to be the last one mentioned if he gets mentioned at all. That's still a lot of fans around here. I will get those tweets, those X's from people explaining how they'd be better off without him. And then I just kind of, this is what I do. I kind of look at him and then consider them a basketball dumbass and move on. That's what I do. You're just hey, a basketball know, dumbass. Hey, let them know, my brother. All right. Hey, have a great weekend with whatever you're doing. Uh, tell the lovely uh, hey, Layla I, I said hello. I will. I'm actually going to be in the. I'm going to be in the field house, checking out the uh, Pacers and Celtics tomorrow night. I'll. Uh, I will be also. I have one on the game, and then every dead ball, I look down at my phone to see what's going on with the Colts. Be home in time for the end of that game, um, and everything. But listen. Great, great for the season. This is a great, this is a great warm up for the All Star game next weekend. Um, excuse me, not next weekend, next month. So uh, yeah. this is just just the start of a buzz of what's going to happen over the next month. And which, by the way, you, I, I take it, you'll be taking part in some of the NBA All Star All Star festivities, yes. right? I am. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to be just yet, but uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff I'm going to be out and about doing. 
I don't know if that All includes right, well, the three-point shooting competition or not. All right, well, check this but, out, man. I'm actually, I'm actually teaching a class at IU this semester, uh, 10 best media school students, and the highlight is all 10 of them get – are going to be uh, credentialed media members to get the covered all-star weekend. So I want to make sure my students meet you, brother. That is outstanding right there. We got to definitely do that. Now, if they, if I get to play the role of Craig Elo in the three point shooting competition, then they can come up and interview me afterwards. I'm hoping that takes place. All right, well, I mean, how come you just can't be Larry Bird and walk into the locker room and say, Hey, yeah. which one of you guys is, fin- is finishing? <laughs> I, I'd take Craig Hodges too. Craig Hodges was a three point shooter. Back in the day in that Ooh, competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was definitely one. But no, hey, brother, have a great weekend. Enjoy. Have a great yep. pregame show tomorrow, too, man. Tell Layla I said hello. Will do, brother. Say the same lady. lady. Talk to you later. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio and the Andy Moore Automotive Group. I want to shout out to Market Square Popcorn. They just brought over some popcorn. If you're seeing to, if you're watching via YouTube Live, the AAA Membership Lounge BT Do is off of my left shoulder, if you're watching right there. I guess that'd be my left shoulder looking at my right shoulder, uh, whatever. You can see him to the side of me right here. The Garage Bottle Works Bud Light Blue Friday four-pair of Texas Colts tickets to give away. Here's what I have. I've got time for your calls coming up next. If you guys want to join me, call James at 239-1070, and uh, we will rock with some of your calls about tomorrow, your thoughts about tomorrow, and more. Don Fisher, top of the hour. Bud Light Blue Friday, Inside the Garage, Bottle Works, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. It's party time! P-A-R-T. Why? Because I... and 107.5, The Fan. Oh, man, if I play this tonight, people are going to get pissed. (laughs) Starship and we built this city from 85. JMV takeovers on B1057 tonight. Um, I'm I'm done done here at 6.30 because I have Colts Happy Hour that starts at 5.30. So my, my hope is I start at some point before 7 on B1057, and then we'll go as late as we can, as long as we're all together. Uh, we'll hang out with the JMV Takeover on a Friday night later on tonight. It, by the way, I want to make sure I get this accurate. It's Pedigo Electric Bikes, and Kathy Imus, the chief fun officer, just dropped by some passes for us. Pedigo Electric Bikes, also inside where we are, the garage at Bottle Works. We're here until the end of the show on a Bud Light Blue Friday with four pair of Texans Colts tickets for you to take advantage of as long as we're here. We'll give those away coming up a little bit later on. I, I did promise uh, David Wood and Todd and Matt Taylor. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. Well, ice cold Bud Light action on this Blue Friday right here. Thank you. I did promise that I would most of this show remind you how you can catch everything sports-wise 
under the umbrella of, of Urban One and our stations coming up tomorrow. So I start the ride to kickoff at 430. I'm going to start on 93.5 and 107.5, the fan at 4.30. Bullseye Event Center with bullseyeeventgroup.com. We'll have passes for you later on today for that as well. It is going to be one humdinger of a party. I start at 4.30 with a ride to kickoff. Kevin Bone will join me, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, tomorrow. And uh, we'll do an hour, 4.30 until 5.30. And then I'll move along from Bullseye up to Touchdown Town. So at 5.30, what happens is when we get to Touchdown Town, me, Gorman, Bill Brooks, and Joe Wrights, we will merge 93.5, 107.5, and 97.1 Hank FM. We will all be together 5.30 until 6.30. Now, 6.30 hits. This is where we will split. 6.30, for those of you that want to catch the Celtics and the Pacers and Mark Boyle and his call and the pregame show that can be heard, as usual, on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. That begins at 6.30. Meantime, we will stay with our number two of the Colts pregame huddle. And then Matt, Rick, Lara, and Casey with countdown to kickoff after that. And then game time after that can be heard on 97.1 Hank FM. Now, I'll give you reminders Rest of the show today, I'm sure I'll remind you on the JMV Takeover tonight and remind you when we're on tomorrow. I just, and, and it sounds like there's a lot going on, which there is, but it's very easy to make sure you can keep track of absolutely everything that is going on with the Pacers and the Celtics at the Fieldhouse and the Texans and the Colts and that win and you're in situation coming up tomorrow night in prime time. That's how you can catch it right here on not one, not two, but three stations we will have. And then again, at different times, we will break away with 93.5, 107.5, going with the Pacers and Pacer pregame. And 97.1 Hank FM will hang with the Colts, our pregame coverage there, and then the game all coming up, beginning at 4.30 tomorrow here on The Fan with the ride to kick off from the Bullseye Event Center with bullseyeeventgroup.com. Um, JMV, Halliburton tying records of Jamal Tinsley. He was good, too. I, I think the difference I was talking about the Halliburton is, I'm not suggesting Tinsley did drop a lot of dimes, but the scoring threat with the combination of the assists and this, the making of everybody better, I, I can't remember a time when we've seen that. I cannot remember a time when we've seen that. Sean writes this. It's been 40 years since the NBA has seen someone with the stats like Halliburton has. And that's another good point, too, because we have heard so many different times in these games recently where, all right, Tyrese Halliburton has done something for the first time since Magic Johnson. And you've got to go back decades to find the last time this is done. So we haven't seen it. And that's what's been so good. And for this Pacer team, what's been so good is just how much better he does make everybody else. You know, I mentioned Miles Turner in particular, but just everybody else kind of plays off of him. And then to still have, you know, the skill, the elite play um, from that position to have the shot-making ability, clutch moments, all of that. It has been an amazing season. Eastern Conference guards, by the way, he is the leading vote-getter among those in the Eastern Conference for the upcoming next month NBA All-Star game that's going to be here. Outstanding, though, it truly is. JMV, you talk about the Colts 
have played or who they have played, look at who Stroud has played. Bums. And you guys have talked him up all day. So which should it be? Do we consider the records or not? I just think that we, along with me, believe Stroud to be a much better quarterback than the Colts have seen in basically forever. I haven't even broken down the teams. I'm just talking about the quarterbacks that the Colts have faced. This is going to be the best that they have seen in a while. Now, there's going to be a a difference because he does not have the weaponry that he once had. But he is still good. He is still skilled. Nico Collins, who had a big game in that week three loss for Houston to the Colts. He is that go-to. So I think that's why we bring it up, just in terms of him being the best quarterback that they have seen in absolutely forever. So that's why we bring that up. Yeah, big weekend, to say the least. Texans and the Colts, we will work you in. Coming up at 239-1070, coming up on the other side. Inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, where the conversations are going. Talking about this game, you can make your picks, your selections on whatever. Uh, Again, inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Disappointing the other night in Lincoln, Nebraska, Ohio State at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. Coming up tomorrow, Don Fisher will talk about that and then some coming up at 5 o'clock. And remember, 5.30, we bail and go to Colts Happy Hour. I'll still be on, but this show concludes and we go to Colts Happy Hour coming up at 5.30 today. Inside the garage is our location. Thank you very much, Anthony, there. Inside the garage and bottle works, and we have four pair of Texans Colts tickets to give away while we're here. Do not go anywhere. Your calls and your thoughts, you got to do more than that for me right there, don't you? Come on now. going to bring it closer. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live and your comments and thoughts at 239-1070. That is coming up next. Bud Light Blue Friday inside the garage. Bottle Works on a must-win Friday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Welcome back with that year up here inside the garage. Bottle Works, Dev's the onside engineer. Got James back in the studio per usual. Tony Donahue in just a second from Fans Place. We've got four pair with Fans Place and Bud Light on this Blue Friday of tickets for tomorrow's win-in-your-end situation. It's a must-win Friday here on a Bud Light Blue Friday inside the garage. So if I were you, I would get here. Now, I have heard, I don't know for sure, but I believe if the Colts win, I know we're doing our playoff round one, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots next Thursday up at Parks Place. But we may very well be back here if... The Colts punch their ticket to the postseason coming up next Friday. That we shall see. 
right, I asked for some calls. Tony Donahue in a second. Don Fisher after five. 239-1070 is the number. And Theo is up first on this must-win Friday afternoon. Hello, Theo. Hey, JMV. It's good to hear your voice, man. Right back at you. Yes, sir. Hey, real quick, I just have a, a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you can hear me. Uh, what do you think about Carlisle's management of Halliburton, Halliburton's minutes? I, I've never questioned his his talent. He's a great talent, um, probably the best in the league at this point. But it's just, in my humble opinion, I like to see the way that Carlisle is managing him because I was more concerned about his durability and his injuries. So what do you think about that? Um, I think so far so good. I don't know, Theo, if we have much of a basis of comparison because, you know, when we have seen Halliburton in the past, it's, you know, kind of been under the, well, these guys are rebuilding and rebooting and you didn't have those expectations. And now you do. I mean, now you can tell they're playing for something. You know damn straight he's playing for something because he's never been a part of a postseason game. As he's mentioned in the past, he's never won or hasn't won since high school. I just I, I think it's kind of a feeling out process, right, as far as managing his minutes. But what you have noticed is they don't take too long to jack around in the fourth quarter, right? I thought no, maybe Rick they did will. a couple of games back and waited a little bit too long to get those guys back in. But most recently, we don't see him messing around too much in the fourth. If the guys off the bench aren't working, he gets the the guys, the go-to guys, back in there. Because I I think what that's done is you just kind of see the raising of the bar of expectations with this group at this point of the season. Now, 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 just real I know you have other callers. I will say this about Coach Carlisle. He hates to challenge. I don't know what it is. It's like he's allergic to challenging bad calls, and and it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's, it's it, it kind of annoys me. But I, I, let me. I want to ask you this one quick question about yeah. this about Halliburton again. What do you think? If do you think that with free um, agency coming up, do you think that if the Pacers don't make a big move and get Halliburton another? A two-way player, uh, and I'm 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 big on Paul George coming back. I know a lot of people hate me; they want to crucify me for saying that, but I think this would be a good spot for him to come back home. But uh, what do you think about if if they don't get another player for Halliburton to help him in the way that he's going to need help? Do you think that he will end up leaving? Um, I, I don't think that right now. Thank you, Theo. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Thank the Pacers you. tonight, Pacers tomorrow, and the Colts in Texas tomorrow. Here's what I think. From the names we have seen so far, we know Ananobi's off the list. I, I don't think that the Pacers are going to be as hot after Siakam as some might believe. And I, I saw Kyle Kuzma's name mentioned today. I am not a fan of that either. I, I'm almost right now with the names we have seen thinking that it's not likely that they do anything and maybe utilize you know, a buyout market after the trade deadline, which isn't going to bring you a great deal in return, but is not going to have you give up something for somebody that's either a going to bail easily if that would be the case or maybe somebody you don't know fits but and, and i'm just i'm not the biggest kuzma guy out there i guess tony donahue joins us from fan place i know we're giving away a lot of tickets before we hit this top of the hour break how, how are you on kuzma uh, i'm not a I'm, kuzma guy I'm not I, would, I, I mean i know he's a rookie you drafted him in the top 10 for a reason but like is jarris walker going to get some time anytime soon i know he's a little well, bit raw he's been playing well in the g league but 
That's one thing that Theo just alluded to. He talked about Rick Carlisle yeah. and how he doesn't challenge. Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle is like a squirrel with nuts in the wintertime with his timeouts because <laughs> he, will, he will call one in the first minute of the first quarter if things aren't going his way. So he values his timeouts, and that's why I don't think he like, – you can tell – a lot of these guys, like Adrian Griffin, I think, a couple of different times in challenges in this Milwaukee five games we have seen, has challenged by virtue of what the players have told him. Rick, you don't see Rick doing that. Rick values uh, his, his timeouts, I think, too much, and that's basically his philosophy. I'm just – I don't know. I think also his philosophy is if you don't trust the young guy, the young guy doesn't see minutes. I, I would much rather see him get some minutes to check him out than I would bailing on him or thinking about somebody like Kuzma. And I just don't, I just don't think that Siakam is going to be much of a choice for the Pacers moving forward. I, with the names I've seen so far, I would doubt that they make a move. That's yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to sound like a cop-out, but it just depends on what you have to give up to get a Pascal Siakam. And no. he's a guy that can play well, he can score, he can defend. But, you know, I thought it would have been a great move to go for OG Ananobi. Obviously, they pushed it to the last minute. And then the Raptors decided to go with the package that the Knicks put forward. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like this team where they are. It's, it's, it's up and down at some times. And I've learned that I'm going to trust in Rick Carlisle. Sometimes you're right. The timeouts, letting him play a little bit too long. Uh, yeah. Sometimes can be frustrating. Yeah. But, look, I mean, who am I, gonna, who am I to question Rick Carlisle? I, I think he's gotten better with ever some times, though. When you go in the fourth quarter, you're going, hey, you know, you go ahead and put these guys back in. Yeah. But, I, but I, I just think that's part of he, the adjustment he is making. With he's one of the last too. old school coaches in the NBA, yeah. right? So he lets yeah. these guys play it out. He lets these guys kind of learn together on the floor instead of sometimes these, these coaches are too quick to call those timeouts and bail out their young guys. Don't let them play through it. Let them learn. Uh, and I like when Carlisle does that. Well, I think Vogel drove us all nuts back then oh, with, well. with the way he handled rotation the season. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But hey. Fans place. Yes. We're giving away tickets. We've Talk got, about that. Head to our app. We've got a question for you uh, when it comes to the fans place and our great friends and partners at Bud Light. Answer that question. I'll enter you to win a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's game. Also, today we're about to do some trivia on the app, so log into the fans place app. Uh, you can win tickets courtesy of our friends at Bud Light. Throw down a few Bud Lights tomorrow. We'll be at Hangar Bar before the game and Kilroy's tomorrow doing samples of Kona. Uh, Big Wave, which is a great beer, one of my favorites. Uh, have yourself a Bud Light before the game. We'll be ready to go. we got three sets of pairs to give away over the next probably five or six hours. We're going to give one away later on tonight. So check out our Twitter handle at TonyDND at the fans underscore place. Uh, I got the Colts tomorrow in a close one, 23-20. What do you got? I got 27-24 is what I had. Yeah, what so I had. Close. And if I don't want to have to talk about how disappointing it would be to have to be critical over a loss tomorrow. So that's just where I'm going right now. That's Tony Donahue, a fan's place. Thanks, our folks, our friends at Zinc. As always, for the Bud Light Blue Fridays and having us together here as we are right now at the garage inside Bottle Works for a pair to give away for the game tomorrow, courtesy of Bud Light and Zinc. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Tony D. Good to see you, man. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Live from Bottle Works inside the garage in a Bud Light Blue Friday. It's a must-win Friday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 
Bottle Works inside the garage on a Bud Light Blue Friday must win. Colts, Texans tomorrow. Four pair of tickets to give away courtesy of our friends at Zinc. Bud Light and Fans Place. Thank you all for joining us. We've got uh, Dev, the on-site engineer, James back at the studio, Stephen Holder of ESPN a little bit earlier, ESPN Radio's Mike Wells earlier, Bob Lovell also on the show, DJ Helicon, who runs the entertainment here, Tony Donahue of Fans Place, also a part of the show. Remember, 30 minutes early, we go to Colt Tapio. That's coming up here at 5.30. Uh, and then we got Pacer pregame, Hawks and the Pacers at Cambridge Fieldhouse. And uh, Jamby Takeover, normally on a Saturday, tonight on a Friday. I'm going to head down to the studio, do Jamby Takeover live, all request style, beginning probably around 7 o'clock or so later on this evening on B105.7. Meantime, relatably speaking, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he is the voice of the Hoosiers, most notably a first-time caller and requester on New Year's Eve to the JMV takeover. It is voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. That was your first time. What did you think about that? Now, I know you hear yourself on the radio all the time, and it's no big deal, but that had to be a really special moment for you on Sunday night, right? You just can't imagine, John. You just can't imagine. (laughs) And not only because you're a first-timer, and you called in Earth, Wind, and Fire, Boogie Wonderland. I gave you a Larceny Bourbon double shot power of Let's Groove by Earth, Wind, and Fire and Brothers Johnson and Stomp. You were completely functified on Sunday night. <laughs> I was, and I was stunned that I was getting the double play. That's what we used to call it when I was a fish jockey. <laughs> <laughs> now, when was the last time did you, when did you play the hits? What, what years did you play the hits? The last time I played the hits was at WBOW in Terre Haute back in 1970. Well, actually, they put me as an all guy after but I guess I can do DJ work all that well. So that's the last time. That's the last time I did the hits. But uh, yeah, back in back in '70 would have been the last time. Back in 1970, oh, yeah, he's rocking some vanilla fudge probably back then, right? Something like that. You keep me hanging on, right? Yeah, so. we did that. A lot of, a lot of uh, um, um, little rascals and all that kind of stuff, oh. you know, back in the day. Oh, right there. Yeah, that the was uh, the young rascals. The young, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the little rascals would be in the 30s, yes. <laughs> My favorite character on my favorite character on the little the little rascals, aside from Spanky, because I always loved Spanky and Alfalfa was okay, but I love Buckwheat. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that's great. I I lo- the old black and white stuff. You missed that because it was on so frequently. I used to love going to the Noble Romans locations because if you remember the first ones, Noble Romans that was in Bloomington. And they would th- show all the free, the Three Stooges episodes while you sat there. That was like the, the first TV in a restaurant, whether you're talking about the one on the east side off of campus, you know, the one over by the, the former Village Theater behind the Big Wheel, or on the west side, it would be nothing but Three Stooges episodes while you ate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would, have been, that would have been preferable to some of the stuff that I did, did see at the time. <laughs> well... Speaking of that, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, I'm, I'm trying to imagine 
any quality, redeeming quality that, that you gathered from you and Eric loading up and, and going to Lincoln and then, and then coming back after that performance. That was, that was highly disappointing, no matter the circumstances. It was. Uh, I went out there with a very uh, solid belief that Indiana could win that ball game, and uh, obviously they didn't even come close. It was, it was not a pretty sight. And of course, uh, with Xavier Johnson being back, you thought that he would give him a spark of nothing else, uh, but he didn't even do that with some of his play in the ball game. And then uh, nobody else picked up the, the mantle, so to speak, with the exception of Khalil Ware, who came off of an illness uh, that he missed the Kennesaw State game on. And, and I thought maybe he might be the one guy that would out, go out there and be a little sluggish because of the illness that he was had dealt with. But he was the only guy that was any redeeming factor in that ball game for Indiana. He had 20 points and 10 rebounds, and I thought played hard the entire ball game. But this is a game that they got outplayed in almost every area. Uh, and without question, the turnovers were the biggest problem with 19 of those that went for 27 Nebraska points. Mm. Uh, and that's what Mike Mike talked about in the in the post game as he should have. Uh, it was certainly the, the deciding factor in the ball game. But Indiana's inability to guard uh, Tobinaga and uh, the three point shot Wiltshire in the first half and Tobinaga in the second half. Uh, it was just uh, it was just a, a very poor performance by this Indiana basketball team. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, IU, Ohio State, and Bloomington coming up tomorrow night, along with everything else here locally. That is going on. Uh, Don is always with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, I just, I sat back and I, I thought, you know what? Are you going to get a run? You're going to get a run of some sort here, of some kind here. And it never happened. It was so much two steps forward and three steps back, especially yeah. in that, that second half when I thought you were going to see that. It just never did materialize. No, the, the resiliency we've talked about with this team at times this year, and most of the time it's uh, the, the resiliency's come against uh, mid-majors. Uh, they've played, they've struggled with mid-major teams throughout the season, uh, you know, and then they've made a little comeback at the end, or they, or they've at least held off the mid-major, whoever it might have been in the early going. Um, but then they showed some resiliency in, in a couple of other ball games. Uh, I, I was really uh, not pleased with what I saw against Kennesaw State from a defensive standpoint, giving up that many points, but. They got down in the second half after having a solid lead in the first half. They got down in the second half uh, and then really did a nice job defensively in that ball game. So I, I just felt like uh, at any point in time we might see that resiliency. But when we got about the 10-minute mark of the second half, I just didn't see it happening, and it certainly did not. Uh, they just didn't have it. And I don't know if it's a, a combination of the sluggish play from, from, uh, from everybody for the most part in that ball game. Uh, or if it was uh, the inability to stop the three-point shot and they just got disillusioned with the fact that they couldn't get it stopped. I, I don't know what the issues are right now. I, I can just tell you this, that this team needs a shot in the arm in a big way. And if they can get it against Ohio State on Saturday and pull out a win somehow in that ball game, which is going to be a challenge in itself because Ohio State's been playing great basketball and Chris Holtman's such a good coach, uh, if they can't get a shot from that ball game, this could be a really long season for this ball club. And I'm not saying the season's over, even if they would lose to Ohio State, but they're going to have to have some kind of a reckoning to get things turned around. Oh, Don, you know me. I'm Mr. Must Win here. You, you, you've you got to put together these home wins. I mean, you, you can't, especially 
And hopefully you don't look like that on the road night in and night out. But, I mean, you got one road test that you failed miserably. You just you can't afford with where they are right now to blow any of these games at home. And, And you bring up a good point about Ohio State. We're thinking in terms of the Buckeyes of a year ago and Chris Holtman's team doesn't look anything like last year so far this year. No, they do not. Uh, they are a good basketball team. They're playing so much better than they did a year ago. I mean, I sound like a broken record after talking about uh, Nebraska in the same way because Nebraska came into that game 11-2 and and playing terrific, and they certainly showed us why uh, in their performance against Indiana. And now you've got an Ohio State team that has been playing terrific, and, and they've got still a very young ball club. I think four or five freshmen that were or, uh, freshmen last year that are now sophomores and two of those guys, Thornton and, uh, and Gales, are playing tremendous at the guard spots. Their two guards are playing as good as anybody's in the Big Ten right now. And uh, they're going to be challenged. There's no question about it. And, and uh, Holtman, of course, we've talked about him in the past. And last year they had an, a really kind of a, a terrible year from their perspective. I think they just were 16 and 19 or something like that. Uh, last season, but they were playing almost freshmen the entire year long. And those guys have now grown up a little bit. They've had a transfer uh, in the Jamison kid uh, that was a transfer from Minnesota, Jamison Battle. Uh, This guy is really a talented kid, and he can knock down shots from anywhere. Uh, And he has really given them a shot in the arm along with the other guys that have been playing. And Zed Keith was the starting center last year, basically a starter the last two years, is coming off the bench now. So that tells you how much improved this ball club is. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. That's 8 o'clock tomorrow night in Bloomington. And 7P, your coverage is on 93.1. That's 93 WIBC coming up tomorrow evening for that that pregame show with basically everything in the world going on in in central Indiana. Don's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You mentioned a little bit earlier in your conversation with Mike Woodson the other night in Lincoln after that loss in Nebraska – He's pretty hardcore, pretty vocal about what he felt in the backcourt play. My question to you is, is this a situation in which you think he and they are going to find consistency back there, or is it going to be an up-and-down product throughout the course of the season? Well, here's my thing. I, I think Xavier Johnson being back is going to help them at some point. Uh, I, you know, obviously he didn't in the first game back, and part of that's due to the rest that he dealt with and the little time and practice that he's had leading up to that Nebraska ball game. And, and granted, he's coming off, and he's a guy that's been there, done that. This is his fifth year as a college basketball player. We know that he's talented enough to, to get the job done. He certainly was rusty in the first ball game. I hope that rust is now off, and he's had some really good practices here in the last day or two. Hopefully, that transfers into him playing much better in this ball game because they're going to need him to play much better uh, against Ohio State. Trey Galloway is still a guy that we just haven't seen his best. Obviously, we saw a tremendous game from him against Kansas. He's had other games where he's been very factorish in the ball game, but he's got to get more consistent with that. And right now, with Khalil Ware having played uh, one of his better ball games the other night, I think that's a plus. And we know that Malik Renew is capable of that if he could stay out of foul trouble. He still makes too many of those silly fouls out there. But at the same time, this is a ball club that has enough talent to be certainly a factor in this league. 
And uh, that's what I expect to see. But whether we're going to see it or not, because we've had a couple of these ball games this year that make you think, man, what's going on here? Uh, and, and I can't answer that question. All I can tell you is hopefully we're going to have a big crowd on hand for this game tomorrow because I think that gets our guys going a little bit. It certainly did against Kansas. And believe me, right now they need that same kind of performance as far as effort and toughness and aggressiveness if they're going to beat this Ohio State team. And again, Don, you just can't afford with things and how they've worked out so far to jack around and lose games at home here. And that's the start of it for IU coming up on Saturday night. Again, that tip time is at 8 o'clock from, from Bloomington. I, I do. I like the, the two-man game slash awareness between Renew and Ware. I think you see that. But you brought up a great point regarding Renew. And I can't figure out, Don, if he gets these fouls by being tired or by being just kind of lazy at times defensively. That's the one thing I can't figure out. You got anything in mind as far as when he accumulates those fouls as he does, which he needs to stay on the floor as much as possible. Which one is it more in this case to you from what you've seen? I just think he has a tendency to reach. Uh, he's He's got a tendency to reach instead of guard with your body. Uh, move your feet, um, and, and he's not the quickest guy in the world. He's got good footwork when it comes to post play and those kind of things. I don't think he employs it as much at the defensive end of the floor, and I think he gets lost yeah. occasionally because of that, making him reach, trying to stop the guy from getting around him and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I think Malik is the most improved player on this basketball team from a year ago. I don't think there's any question about that. But, but there are still things he's got to learn. He's still a young guy. He's just a sophomore. Uh, and he's showing us that he's capable of being really, really good. Now, if he stays out of foul trouble, I think he can do that on a consistent basis. But being in foul trouble hurts you sometimes, especially in his situation, when Indiana really needs him to be a factor. Well, and it hurts IU because we talk about just a lack of consistency we've seen in the backcourt. But there's a lot of lack of consistency throughout this team. And, and one spot would be what you can expect on any level coming off that bench. And you just can't afford to lose essential minutes from a guy like Renew because you don't have a lot of, of you know, confidence, you know, in, in guys that are absolutes out there. And he has been and should be one of them. And when you have to go to the bench because you're kind of lazy on D and reaching on defense, man, that hurts the rest of the team because you just don't have a bench that is consistent enough to make that up in any area. No, that's true. And and the only guy that comes off the bench and has been pretty consistent is Anthony Walker. And, and he's done a nice job coming off the bench. But I don't know what happened to him in the second half of the game against uh, Nebraska because he didn't see a lot of minutes in the second half. I didn't understand yeah. that. But, you know, I don't see everything <laughs> – as a coach does. I mean, coaches look at things. You may not be doing your job defensively. You may be doing some other things that he doesn't like. You're not getting into position. Uh, you're not executing the game plan. All those things come into play, of which I can't tell at the time that I'm broadcasting it. But I can tell you that this team didn't look sharp at all in this game against Nebraska on, on this past week. And if that can't continue. It just cannot it just uh, – it, 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 the sharpness is absolutely right. They, they look slow. I mean, just a, a step and a half or two slow the entire – that's why I mentioned you, you expected to get a little enthusiasm in a run on the second half, and it never came. They just seemingly played at the same, the same slow speed the entire game. 
And I, I think part of that, uh, again, and, and I, I don't want to make excuses because there's no excuse to play with that lack of aggressiveness or toughness and, and intensity. But but I do think X has returned to the lineup and trying to get him involved in that kind of thing and him not having a good ball game in his first game back. I think that all played into what happened to this ball club. I think the the psychological value of him being back would have been a plus if he could have done something initially, but he didn't. And without question, it hurt this ball club. I think maybe psychologically as much as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. You just, there's gotta be some things on this team in which, which you can count on and you bring up a couple and and wear and renew. And then, then after that, you're just going to have to see some guys pick up the pace a little bit. I kind of wonder Don at times, I'm a big fan of Trey Galloway, but his inconsistency just makes you wonder if at sometimes at that position, especially without Xavier Johnson out there, he kind of look in over his head, not against Kansas, but sometimes he kind of does without Xavier Johnson being out there and being at full speed, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look back and when Trey has played his best basketball games, uh, it has been he's he's not the he has not been the focal point. Of right, the game for right. the other team. You know what I mean? Um, yep. And I, there's no question that nobody plays any harder on the floor than he does because he always goes at it hard. But he looked, he looked discombobulated in the, in the game against Nebraska. And and I, a couple of other times this year, he has not looked like himself. And, and I'm not quite sure what the reason for that is. And I've heard others say exactly the same thing, so I don't think I'm talking out of school here. Uh, he just he needs to become that consistent factor uh, that he has been throughout his career at Indiana. And every time he's come off the bench, he's been that guy. But, but right now, he's been a starter for a number of times now. Last year, uh, for the most part, after X got hurt. And now again, this year, he's in the starting role. And maybe just doesn't suit him as well as coming off the bench. I don't know what the story is there. Yeah. I can just tell you, he doesn't look as comfortable as he has in the past. Yeah, you know, and, and you mentioned that game in Lincoln the other night. He really he started to do things late in the game, but it was too late in the game. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. he, he kind of picked it up a little bit, and it was just kind of too late. That's what makes me wonder if, you know, you just don't ultimately have too much on his shoulders as a complimentary player, as you talked about. So. Yeah, and I can't. Answer, I, I don't know that yeah. to be the case. All I know is what I'm seeing at this point, and and I, that's what we're all doing. We're speculating on yeah. what the issue is at this point. But the truth of the matter is, this team as a whole just simply has to play like they did against Kansas in every game to give themselves a chance to win every ball game, and that's got to be generated on their own when they go on the road. And it certainly was not the case against Nebraska. So Don Fisher, he is the voice of the Hoosiers. And again, coming up tomorrow, 7 o'clock with he and John Herrick and Eric Soar. They start the pregame show. That's 93 WIPC here locally for that. Tip time in Bloomington is at 8 o'clock. You dig the 8 o'clock starts on the Saturday night down there, don't you? You love them. <laughs> let's, let's not get into the times of the games anymore because we're just going to bring up negative thoughts, and, and I've yes. got to try to find a way well, to just I discourage myself from saying something. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> yes, I, I, but I was going to lead you down this positivity path. You like them better than you do the late starts on Friday night, so there's something to that. <laughs> yeah, at least it's not a 9 o'clock game in Lincoln, Nebraska, for heaven's sake. Oh, my, 9 o'clock. What time did you guys get home? After that event, I got in my I got in my bed at three thirty. 
You know what? That doesn't seem so bad, to be honest with you, for a 9 o'clock start. <laughs> would, you, would you drive like 95 miles an hour back up I-69? You know I'm not a heavy-footed guy. <laughs> oh, no. Not at all. Hey, before I let you go, I'm back with the JMV Takeover. That's tonight because of tomorrow night and everything that's going on on B105.7. Am I going to get a, another call from you tonight, or are we going to be in bed resting up for tomorrow night? What are we doing? You know what, John? I'm a one-time guy. I rarely oh. do those kinds of things. You, I you was have to understand, hoping. I was literally on my way home coming from a party. So, <laughs> and that's Well, I, I recognize <laughs> I recognize we have a bank of phones there that show up the numbers, and I recognize your number. I actually hung up on Hagen to get to you. Good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had done I had done fifty nine overtime. I'd played a couple of songs and done 59 overtime and like a three or four minute hit with them in that studio. And then Hagen had called to put in his request. And then I saw, I, I'm not going to give out your cell phone number, but I know it. Um, and I saw your number pop up there and I hung up on him to bring you on. <laughs> I bet he was really pleased with that. <laughs> well, he didn't know it until now. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I haven't told him yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, trust me, I didn't. I didn't tell John to hang up on you, big boy. <laughs> no, man, it was. And I, I just considered that you were out and about, had a big party, but you wanted to get home before yep. midnight, like any any savvy New Year's Eve celebrator would want to do. So I thought that was your time—a great time to call. So one and done. See, I was going to get. I was going to get the salespeople out to try to sell you on every call every Saturday night. That's not going to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> How much do they pay? <laughs> well, we'll have to find that out. But uh, listen, they're always looking for new content to sell. And I mean, you don't get much better than Don Fisher calling in an all-request radio show on a Saturday night. You don't. Well, you, you know, John, uh, if they pay enough money, I'd be more than happy to do it. <laughs> Let me tell you, buddy. Let me tell you about that. People, people I'm talking about the Colts here, right? People think, hey, man, you're being such a cheerleader for the Colts. I'm actually kind of a cheerleader for me because I, I want another pregame show, Don. Come on. I want a postseason <laughs> pregame show right here. <laughs> I understand completely, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, Herrick Soar, coming at us from Bloomington. 7 o'clock tomorrow, WIBC, right? Looking forward to it. Yep. All right, buddy. It's always good to hear from you. Hey, I don't know what you're doing tonight. Are you going out? Uh, we are going out for dinner, but I don't know where we're going yet because my wife is in charge. Uh, so our table off the table or is it on the table? Oh, it's always on the table. Trust me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, tell everybody over there. If you happen to go that I said, hello, we got to make it back there soon. I shall do it. All right, buddy. Thank you, Don. You bet John. See ya. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. And again, he and they are just going to be a part of what is going to be wild coming up tomorrow. 93 WIBC for you IU fans there. 7 o'clock, your pregame coverage begins. Again, 93 WIBC. That's uh, Ohio State and IU. And as we talked about with Chris Holtman's team, that is a much different squad than what you saw a year ago. That was not good over there. It has been much better so far this season for Ohio State. 12-2 and 
Ten and four of the Hoosiers, two and one of the Big Ten, Ohio State two and one of the Big Ten. And as Don rightly mentioned, too, you cannot afford to jack around to lose home games here. Uh, not with the resume that you've had so far, not with the way this Big Ten is, with the lack of power that we're normally used to. Can't afford to lose these home games. You've got to get this thing back coming up tomorrow. Hey, speaking of college basketball, tonight you got a couple, right? Not too far away from getting started, maybe an hour or so, a little bit over an hour over at Hinkle Fieldhouse. The defending national champions, UConn, Danny Hurley's team, UConn and Butler in the Big East from Hinkle Fieldhouse coming up later on tonight, later on this evening. And these are the two really big games in college basketball on this Friday night. You've got a battle of top tens. We know about the situation with Terrence Shannon Jr. not playing for Illinois. But Illinois has been good without him. Now, it will remain to be seen when you play a top-level team as number one Purdue will represent how that's going to work out for them. But if you watched their act the other night against Northwestern, they absolutely boat raced Northwestern in that game. So you got Purdue and Illinois from Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. I think Rob Blackman told us the other night, maybe it was Braden Smith yesterday who was on the show too, that uh, the, the students are still out. So it'll be interesting to see what type of crowd they have for that top 10 matchup of the Big Ten at Mackey Arena later on tonight. Hey, my thanks to everybody here. Zinc and Bud Light on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Bottle Works inside the garage. We're going to give away those tickets in a second. All right. Coming up after the Colts happy hour, you've got Pacer pregame, right? In a little over an hour right there. I'm going to head downtown in a bit. And get you said after Colts happy hour for the JMV takeover on B105.7. Tomorrow, remember, too, I start at 4.30 on the ride to kick off. Bullseye passes and much more coming up later on tonight, too. But up next, more on the Texans and the Colts. The Colts happy hour coming up next. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Hang in there.